Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. This holiday season, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us with their annual season of hope. Between Thanksgiving and New Year's Eve, the Foundation will deliver mortgage-free homes to dozens and dozens of America's catastrophically injured veterans, fallen first responder families, and Gold Star families. Bring hope to heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? You know, when we were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had a lot of questions. How do you record an episode? How do I get the show into all the apps people like to listen to? You know, best of all, how do we like to make money off this podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to to podcast right away. In fact, that's what we're doing right now by reading this ad. You know, I like to listen to to my scary podcast during the week while I'm at work. And man, let me tell you, it just gets me in an extra zone so I can keep working all day long. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. And welcome into another episode of the High Low Sports Podcast. It's DJ joined by Kelsey and Kelsey. It was quite the weekend across all sports, but we're going to focus mostly on the gridiron today. And we're going to go to everybody's favorite college football and the playoff, especially. We know how much everyone loves the college football playoff, exactly how it is set up with zero changes whatsoever. It's just perfect. Absolutely the most perfect thing you could ever imagine. Let me tell you, it's not like I got in a giant debate with anybody on Twitter about that at all. All right, now that we got the BS out of the way, we will still talk about the college football playoff and... Speaking of which, you want to talk about this. You did just debate Dorm Room Dispute, a fellow Unhinged Sports podcast, and uh, it it aired the night that we were recording this early in the week on Tuesday. How do you think it went? How do you feel? Yeah, you know, we had a great conversation. There were a couple of technical difficulties that popped up during the interview, so some of my parts do get cut out. Some of his parts, I think, also got cut out. Oh, um, you're, they get conveniently cut yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, you know, hey, conveniently. Off the but count. No, he, I, I, I give, They're finding I give, ballots everywhere. <laughs> I give him credit, man. He, he did a good job summing up my argument. Uh, I think we had a fantastic conversation. And it actually airs tomorrow on the Unhinged Network, but they do also release it on their own platform 
they released it today on, on Tuesday. Um, but tomorrow, Wednesday, is, is what I'm talking because we are recording this on Tuesday night. Um, Wednesday at, I think it's 3 p.m., if I'm not mistaken, dorm room releases their brand new episode. Um, so be sure to tune in that or you will have already tuned in that. Or just look up dorm, dorm room dispute and it'll be their last episode that they post something about. And it'll be right there. It's a fantastic listen. We, we go all into depths about, you know, why we think the expansion should happen. And, you know, I, I borrowed some of DJ's knowledge on this one. I have him being a, a FCS guy and, and being a graduate from Montana. Um, so he has a little bit of experience with this. You know, he, he did did not only watch it, but he also helped produce some games there. So, you know, it, it's it means something. Um, so I sold some of his knowledge. But, yeah, no, we had a fantastic conversation. But I know it's one thing that I'm passionate about. I know, DJ, you're also – pretty passionate about maybe improving this shitty 14 playoff and if there's one thing we know anytime you're involved there's definitely a dispute so it seemed like a match made in heaven <laughs> so anyway let's talk about these let's talk about these that low-hanging fruit good job i couldn't it couldn't avoid it. it's the only way i was going to get through the jungle but anyway let's talk about this 14 playoff it one of the games kind of went how we expected and if you don't believe you can go back and look at our going bowling prediction same book different chapter alabama rolls over notre dame the score was actually closer than i thought and Devonte smith only scored a couple times i thought he'd have five touchdowns but i guess he didn't feel like in private i think he already had the heisman locked up in his mind which he did end up winning so i guess five touchdowns would just be overkill but well, when you not have really the, a surprise the greatest there. running back in alabama history on the same field as you taking up three touchdown runs so you know it's 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 hard to give to, to, to score everything when you're a Heisman Trophy winner, when you have a, an equally good running back as well right there that doesn't get the love he deserves. And as much as you don't like him, a Heisman Trophy finalist quarterback too. I mean, like they, look, got, yeah. they got a squad there against a, not so much of a squad in Notre Dame. Look, I'll be honest. I think, honestly, if you look at this team, this Alabama team, you might have had three potential Heisman finalists on the same field, on the same side of the ball too. I mean, you can make an argument that Mac Jones could replace Kyle Trask on that list and Najee Harris slides right in as that fourth option. Or factoring that Oklahoma game, then most definitely. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, but, yeah, you look at that and you're just like, man, this team is fantastic. But, unfortunately, it was against a Notre Dame team we didn't expect much of. Um, although I, I got to give I give, give Kelly credit. What he did with his team in the last since the last time they met Alabama, they got bigger and stronger. Uh, the one thing they failed to do is uh, get faster. <laughs> when so they had fast guys like to begin with, they literally just threw them aside and said, no, we must get bigger, stronger guys. And then Devonta Smith ran right by them. You saw it on that first touchdown. They throw a swing pass and he runs in a straight line and no one's anywhere near him. It's like, oh, wow, that was pretty easy. Not going to lie. He's already good enough to where it's that he scores when it's hard. If you're going to make it that easy, I mean, shit. Throw yeah. me in there, coach. Where exactly. you at, Rudy? It's, like, it's one of those things, man. It's, it's, I feel like teams outside the SEC, or especially outside of Alabama, I, I use Alabama as an example, but they, they have a hard time finding the big, fast, strong guys. You know? Like, that's literally Alabama's team. If you can define an Alabama player, it's big, fast, strong. Like they find those, they find those athletic, natural gifted trait guys and absolutely hoard them from the rest of the world, basically. And the receivers, I mean, honestly, some of the do we not counting Henry Ruggs by all means because that dude's just a just a track athlete who just happens he's actually a football athlete just happens to be a track athlete on the side. Everybody else, all their other receivers, they're not the most fleet of foot, but they're quick and they get open, and that's something that. It's it's really undervalued that what they do is they just get open and I will say something like game. Calvin Ridley and then and Amari Cooper still did crack the four fours too, which is oh insane. yeah. I mean think of them as burners, but then they still have, when you see them in open space, like, oh wait, there he goes again. Wow, okay, fine. Yeah, like I, I guess I should should paraphrase that and say they're not fast for all receivers. Like what you'd expect at Alabama, 
they're not the four three runners like Henry Ruggs. They're the slightly slower four four runners they're that the we upper all four wish threes to be. and low four fours as opposed to Henry Ruggs four zero flat stuff. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, that, that I could I could sit here and talk about this Alabama team for days and how great they are, and that's coming from an Auburn fan who literally hates Alabama with a passion. So you could talk about them all day, but it might be the end of you. Yeah, exactly. I might I might break down on street like you'll start seeing like pockets of dust just fall off of me and then just fades be like away. end game you'll just start dissolving slowly but like was it worth it yes yeah exactly i mean that's this team i i have all the respect in the world for nick saban and his recruiting abilities um i talked that i've talked about that in the dorm room dispute conversation as well look i have all the respect for him but the fact of the matter is they're still alabama at the end of the day and it's that's why you have to have respect for him is because well they don't just win they win handily when they need to and this is one of those games they needed to kind of make a point and say that the SEC wasn't dead yet. And they, uh, they showed Notre Dame real quick that the SEC is not dead yet. Yeah. They basically, they put any ends to a potential. Oh, Notre Dame might slip by. Maybe they can surprise. No, not even a little bit. Not at all. As soon as the first three plays were done, it was like, well, this game's over. Exactly. And on the flip side, Notre Dame, man, where's your running game? Ian book can't be your only running back. <laughs> like, you, can't even be, you really shouldn't even be your quarterback. Honestly. I mean, like where are yeah. your receivers? He, Ian Book's really erratic in the pocket. He doesn't he doesn't have a great feel for the game. I don't know about how his NFL prospects look, especially after the last couple of games against Clemson, against Notre Dame, where the speeds are just different. So that game that game definitely didn't help his long-term stock either. But on the other side, what we thought was going to be the competitive matchup of Ohio State and Clemson, well, maybe that was that's kind of what we expected Alabama and uh and Notre Dame to look like, not Clemson and Ohio State. And it was looking good early. I mean, Clemson looked comfortable early, but then all of a sudden, the everything got flipped on its face. And yeah, the Buckeyes they can they can have the for this week. That can be their trademark for a week. Yeah, I mean, look, you talk. It's funny you say flipped on his face because that's exactly what happened to Justin Fields and and that question I, questionable targeting call. I think they can call a penalty there, call, calling it targeting. <laughs> they need to fix the rulebook where targeting is like where you basically try to kill a man, and it's on it. It's not a football play. Whereas something like that could just be like a lowering of the head or something. Yeah, incidental, like gotta, incidental contact with the head. It can't the, be all or nothing. Like it can't be all or nothing. Or like hitting with the crown of the helmet as, and then targeting where you like spear launch yourself. You jack Tatum the ish out of somebody yeah, as opposed yeah. to just like that one where he's breaking down, his head drops down. It's like instinct. You're about to collide with another athlete who runs four, four. I mean, it's hard to keep your head up and be like, Hey, I'm staring at you. Oh wait, here comes your back into my face. And I don't know the last time anybody's tried to tackle. I made this, this conversation made this point before last time anybody's tried to tackle anything. I bet you, you didn't try to tackle a moving object that just so happens to choose to spin within 0.3 yards of your face. So my reaction to somebody spinning into my head is going to be, Oh crap, protect my face duck, you know? And that's just like, like (sighs) we know Justin Fields is probably the best athlete on that field. If not top two or three, when you athletic ability, just everything in before the injury, of course, when you factor all that in, that's a quick ass spin that you have to try and account for in that not even a parasecond of a time. Like it's, I don't know. I, I get it by the letter of the law. Technically that's a targeting type rule, but God, the targeting rule is so stupid. They call one a game. It seems like, and every week we complain, well, here they are again, another stupid targeting call. They need to adjust the rule. They need to have like three, almost three levels to it. Like how the NBA does with flagrant one and flagrant two. They need to have like targeting one targeting two. Okay. You tried to kill a man, get the hell out of here. I, see, I like their original ruling for it. They, they had the one and they had the two. They had incidental contact to the head and neck area or the direct targeting call. The 
problem is they never use the incidental contact to the head or neck area unless it was a direct targeting call. And then you're just like, well, what's the point of the rule now? Like, that's one of those ones that should be an incidental contact and just call it swell. But yeah, no, I feel like we are talking targeting literally all the time. It just gets worse and worse. And it's not the player's fault all the time. Like, literally, you know, you got to call it on the offense, too. If the offense creates the contact with the head and neck area, that's got to be an offensive penalty. I've never seen offensive targeting. I don't think it actually exists. They say it's possible, but it doesn't exist. There were perfect examples of Trey Sermon dropping his head into a couple linebackers and linemen in this game. But look, with that said... They, they, were, they weren't called. That happens. I mean, you're a big yeah. bulldozer. Your head's not going to be like vertically up and down the entire time like you're doing squats. I mean, sometimes that head falls down. That helmet's heavy. Like, yeah, like, look, I don't, <laughs> and that's just it. You're, you're, you, you know, especially if you're Trey Sermon, you're a bulldozer. You're a big back. You're, you're meant to just deliver the punishment to somebody who's trying to make a tackle on you. And on the flip side of things, that linebacker is meant to punish a quarterback who doesn't get down and is trying to, trying to make a move and be stupid and, and spin at the last second instead of getting down. He's supposed to punish a quarterback. And he's a ball know, carry. He's not a quarterback at that point. He's dude with ball trying to score. Exactly. And that's the thing. He, he, I, I, look, all the, all the negatives to that hit. I still think that was one of the more fantastic hits that, that was out there. If you just can look past the penalty and if you look past your Ohio state bias, if you're an Ohio state fan, that was a fantastic hit. And that honestly, I think if that hit doesn't happen, just like much like the, the hit last year in this matchup with Wade, I think if that hit doesn't happen, this game's a little different. But I think that hit lit a fire under Justin Fields that we have not seen because there was nothing on tape that made us believe that this game was going to be a blowout. There's That's six games guess. of tape plus last year's seventh. <laughs> there was no I mean, nothing enough, on tape. You got enough game tape to put into a TikTok, basically, which is double yeah. swing specialty we've seen, which kind of brought us up to our next thing we were going to talk about is Justin Fields, man, the game of his life. Going back to his days on QB1 when he was in high school, yeah. like, I've, I've never seen him play like that, like, yeah, the accuracy was some of the best he's thrown. He's all, I always thought he struggled a little bit with ball placement, but this game he's on point with ball placement in those tight windows. The arm strength throwing that deep backside post because they, they utilize those hash marks, like the extra hash marks in college, better mm. than anybody, really. The, yes. way they, the way they moved Justin Fields around. And when he couldn't move, they kept him in the pocket. He got to his reads quickly. You saw a few times where he wanted to run, but he couldn't. Then he just kind of fell down. Which <laughs> Yeah, smart, which is smart. I mean, you're not going to be running yeah. in the NFL. And if you are running, you like you got to get down too. You can't take a hit like that from Vontez Perfect. I know he's not in the just, league, but there's just ask somebody. Joe Burrow is all I have to say about that. Joe learned real quick in week three that he needed to get down, and so unless you're built like a Cam Newton or an Andrew Luck, where guys break their necks tackling you, maybe you should just you know get down. Exactly. Or if you're Lamar and you have managed to avoid all hits and somehow juke through people in the weirdest way and avoid all actual tackles, but, but yeah, no, those, this those is... are exceptions to the rule. Yeah, no, and this was uh, you you hit nail on the head. This is fantastic performance from from uh justin this, this week it's it's something i've never because i've always had this question on his touch you know his touch especially on the deep ball his, his touch on the deep ball was something that was i mean hell it lost him a game last year so and in a, in a very beautifully poetic way it won him the game this year on the same exact pattern that they're running this deep post post seam option that olave is just absolutely toasting clemson's safeties on it was the most beautifully poetic thing i've ever seen i will say too olave he was questionable going to that game and he balled out like i think he made himself a lot of money what he's more him and justin fields were the two guys on this for me when i watched this game that really stuck out like okay they they climbed some draft stock like olave at first i was thinking maybe more kj hill ish after that game i see more terry mclaurin more paris campbell like he was kind of in that tweener zone i just want to see a little bit more from him against the best secondary they've played all season arguably maybe northwestern but i'm still probably 
tomato tomato the best team they've played all season yeah. he brought his best game he showed out the route running's clean we saw a little bit more of it last year i think olave is a good second round type quality pick and yeah. i think justin fields inserted himself like no one's gonna no one's gonna pass trevor lawrence he is god's gift to well, quarterbacks this well, year He's, hold on maybe hold on, so. i'm getting there i'm getting there i'm getting there i'm not saying he'll get drafted i'm saying on the prospect list on the draft boards there you never know what the jaguars urban meyer we're gonna get to that in a moment hold on now <laughs> my bad, my bad. In there, cowboy i know you're still riled up from your debate today yeah hey, i got all this 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 blood pumping through through parts of my body i haven't reached yet what i'm saying is most of the scouts and the ex quote-unquote experts and most draft boards are going to say hey trevor lawrence is that generational quarterback that's so they have one of these like every third year but he's the guy this year more or less where they say he's the 99 overall grade all that sort of thing there's a lot of talk about zach wilson as that second quarterback getting taken ahead of him that's sort. Of, I think Justin Fields basically asserted himself like, look, this Zach, this Zach Wilson guy is not me. And he ain't like, he basically asserted himself like, I should be the number two quarterback taken. If not number one, if I'm more, more of your t- cup of tea, honestly, like, exactly. he, like when you're, if you're like Atlanta or any of those teams in there, you got to think, huh, do I risk trying to trade up for him maybe? Cause you never know what the jets are going to do. I don't know yeah. about the jets. They, maybe they don't keep that pick and they go with Sam Darnold. Let's see what they do at head coach. You, they never know what that team, you ne- you just yeah. never know with the jets. That's all I that, need. You need to that- that Jets team is a whole mystery unto itself. How Adam Gase lasted 17 weeks this year, I don't even get. But They just were too lazy to fire him, I guess. I don't know. Or they didn't want it. I don't know. And then at the same time, we talked that we joked about a little bit just a minute ago. Urban Meyer possibly going to Jacksonville, a Ohio State guy. He likes himself in Justin Fields. Ryan Day, possibly they're thinking about after the national championship game, maybe talking to him. You never know. They both love them since Justin Fields. Maybe he ends up going number one. Who knows? Maybe he's yeah. there. You never know. Look, crazy things have happened. People have Jadavian Clowney is my best example. He literally got drafted 30 spots earlier than he would have for one hit where he knocked the helmet off a man and picked up the ball with one palm. Just uh, just maybe maybe 15 picks. I mean, he was the top rated player coming out of high school too. So I mean he did have some gangster. Fair enough. He, but he, he fell off. He fell off during his middle years during injury. He has all those freakish natural athletic traits. He's gonna get taken like 14 for someone just because like I will mold him into God's gift to defensive linemen. That's fair. No, so, no, but, yeah. but yes, I know what you mean. Like just Maybe that single hit. <laughs> but yeah. still, it's that about the same as what, destruction. Yeah. It's what Justin Fields really put a performance on. And the one thing that scares me is, okay, he set a record for t- touchdowns in a game, a bowl game for Ohio State players. Unfortunately, the two guys that he, he was linked to is what? Fucking JT Barrett and Dwayne Haskins. Oh, yeah, that's not the no. best company. <laughs> like if I'm an Ohio State fan, and I see that stat, and I'm like, oh, Justin Fields is the greatest. I then immediately read the next two names, and I'm like, oh, crap, never mind. Hold on. Pump the brakes. Maybe, whoa, maybe we're getting too overwhelmed. Maybe we just have a good system. Ah, you know what? No, full bammer. Like, that's how I it will, feels with this. I will give Justin Fields credit the way he did it compared to Haskins and them. As Haskins and them had a lot of slant swings, a lot of out yeah. slants. Like, everything was their receivers after. Same with JT Baird. There's a lot of after the catch. I mean, Paris Campbell became a second round pick just how good he was with the ball in his hands. And he never really had to run routes. Mike Terry Thomas. McLaurin, no one knew how good he was because he only ran slants basically. Yeah. And Mike that, Thomas, the same thing. I mean, Haskins could throw a darn good slant and got 50 touchdowns for it. But yeah, no, I mean, look, it's what he did. And I, you know, I made the comment that I think he was playing with broken ribs. I still haven't seen a report come out and saying whether or not that's what it was or whether it was just a bruising. They still haven't released anything about it. But you look at the way that kid came out of halftime and that first ball he threw in the end zone that fluttered and was picked, and you're just like, oh, no. And then all of a sudden he he figured it out real quick, and he got it together, and he was like, okay, I can throw a 60-yard bomb 
yeah, I'm going to grimace, but you know what? I just threw a 60-yard bomb on a dot that I hadn't been able to throw all year. And that was something that was – whether if he played this with broken ribs, first of all, this is legendary Byron Leftwich being carried by his offensive lineman style, legendary performance. And if even if he plays this with just bruised ribs, legendary. Because you don't just throw six total touchdowns, I think it was, seven total – six total touchdowns is what yes. I think he threw. Um, yeah, you don't just throw that with bruised ribs on your lead, your, well, would have been lead. Yeah. Lead, lead side, like the side that you're leading your, with your throws on. Cause that's the most too, likely then. side to get killed on. Exactly. And it's the one that, yeah, you're torque, you're torquing just as hard off of it too. I will yeah. say, I noticed he put his hand near his hip. Maybe he bruised like his hip bone too, like a bone bruise on his hip, which same kind of scenario. Like that's where a lot of your, it's a lot of the twisting when you throw the ball comes from too. So that's another yeah. area you Basically, wherever he was feeling the pain, it was not where you needed to get it. Like, you don't want anything with your core if you're a quarterback, necessarily. No, exactly. But I will say, whatever happened, I, I'll be honest, he needs to keep those mechanics for for the injury. Whatever the injury forced him to change in his mechanics, it added a little bit of touch to his to his, even his short balls that wasn't there previous. Normally, he throws a very laser ball. You know, it's a very it's a very straight line from, from the top of his hand to the where it's caught. And this, they actually had a little bit of loft on him, and it was like it was impressive. It was, it was something. I will say, you did mention that terrible interception they threw. Like those were the things that with Just Fields we were worried about as a prospect too. I think because there was a lot of those in the last couple of years. Like as great as he is, he has some questionable decision making and the ball placement. Like oh, it's a slant, it's caught for ten yards. But when you watch the the replay, it's like this ball so far behind his receiver, he puts it in front of him, he gets fifty. Yeah. We didn't see any of that this game. This was a top three or four quarterback performance in college. I think we've seen the last three or so three to five years, like in recent memory, it's one of the three or four best you'd say. Yeah. I mean, there's oh, obviously I mean, like... out of recent memory, honestly, I'd say this is up there with Tua's performance coming back in or coming into the national championship and winning the game. I think so. I think I put just... it ahead of that just because it was a full game too. Well, that's what, yeah. I mean, I, I there to me, I think the two and one ranks a little lower just because it wasn't a full game. But I do, when I think of like momentous for a person's career, that's, that literally got to a first round pick in my opinion. And I think this is the thing that gets Justin Fields, his number one pick or his, I think he'll get to go. If, if urban or Ryan day goes to the the Jaguars, this salt, this to me is Justin Fields gets the number one pick right there. I probably agree with you on that one. If there's a bit of a ties too. And I mean, so. The last few years, I honestly try to think back just the last three or four years. There's obviously two as breakout Joe Burrow against OU last year, throwing seven touchdowns in the first half or whatever stupid number that was. Yeah. And then this one, honestly, I mean, those are yeah. probably the three that stick out on it as far as just overall performances where it's like, damn. Yeah, I'd, I'd say him and Joe Burrow's would probably be even just because they were both in the semifinals and not. In the- I know, I know, Justin Fields has a little more. Oh, he did it while injured after taking the big hit, too. But at the same time, like, like tomato, tomato, I guess. Yeah. No, I, I, I won't – I can't put him at, at first yet, you know, ahead of Joe Burrow's performance yet just because we haven't seen him, if he'll even play in the finals. Like this might have been – if it does come out that he broke his ribs, that could have been his last game in his college career. So on that side, I take a little bit away from – because you're like, shit, you just injured yourself for the fi- for the championship, so you guys obviously won't win that. So, you know, but I, I do I do think right now it's it, – Joe Burrow won – very close to right now i'd say was was what justin phillips just gave us this last weekend and then of course there's trevor lawrence's game as a freshman against alabama too or his coming out party which he's never quite lived up to it since then weirdly he's been obviously fantastic but he hasn't quite been what he was sunshine's he was sunshine at that point since then he's just been really good (laughs) 
Now he's yeah. being told to shave his mustache. So, I mean, I don't know. God, that was still one of the best. That's something that me and you would have happened if we were interviewing. Like, we would actually forget to mute our mics and say something stupid. Like, God, I wish that man would shave his damn mustache. Like, that'd be more of you because I'd probably just be like, huh, that mustache is kind of hideous. You going to shave that now that you've lost? <laughs> yeah. But actually, no, I, I wouldn't even notice it. I didn't even notice he had a mustache until I saw the replay. Like, you can't see it. It doesn't exist. Yeah, I honestly didn't notice it until I heard that, <laughs> that little clip. And I was like, wait, what? He has a mustache. I got real close to the screen. And I was like, oh, wow, he has a mustache. But no, yeah, it was fantastic. I mean, but to your point, I honestly, ever since he got those Big Macs from the president afterwards, he hasn't uh, hasn't been the same. I don't know if maybe they put something in those Big Macs, but you never know. They they were they were tainted. And then of course <laughs> that leads us to Ohio State Alabama national championship. I presume you're gonna stick with your Alabama pick, taking the whole thing home. Yeah, you know I I already said I, I talk and talk about him all day. Uh, I, I still I, you know one game is not enough for me to. To, to, to give Ohio State the nod, I still haven't seen enough of them. And especially when you came to that game with revenge on your mind, that tends to backfire on teams. They tend to blow their whole water early and then not have enough for the second game. It reminds me of like in fighting UFC boxing where you see a guy that's been champion for so long, you've trained your whole career to fight that guy. Then you finally get Chris Weidman and Anderson Silva. Your entire career has been trained to get to that guy. This entire season for them was to get back to Clemson. And they unloaded their wad all over them, their face and their mouth and their chest, and they had no answer for it. And now they're moving on to Alabama, which I'm not saying it's a bit of an adrenaline dump because there's a natty on the line necessarily, but I don't know if they're going to be able to get up quite as much. And your star quarterback's injured and dinged up. Yeah, we'll look, see. And that Alabama's not really one to be fudged with either. So we'll we'll have to see if they can because you can't struggle in the first quarter like you did with Clemson, but against Alabama because Devontae Smith will have 22 points on your head that quickly. And that's just it. Yeah, this is a this is a team you can't mess with because you have Devontae Smith, you have Billingsley, you have I can't even think Harris. of the, yeah, yeah, Najee Harris. There's another receiver that I can't think of his name. You have Waddle who's injured. Thankfully, you won't have to deal with him. Um just Waddle's presence alone is like a guaranteed three points. Like <laughs> yeah. that Waddle on the sideline, give him three. Let, let's not forget on the defensive side, oh, just a guy by the name of Patrick Sertan Jr., who is projected to go top ten. Yeah, that's going to make life difficult for Olave too. I mean, we just spent all the time talking about Olave, but now you got to go against a top a first round corner. Yeah, you know, his, they, they have him. There's a safety there that's projected to go in the top first round. Um, defensive linemen that are projected to go throughout the draft. Like, we can take just go pick. through the whole – that entire defense will get drafted at some point. Like, we can yeah. do this all day. Like, that's and a, it's a Nick Saban, And it's a Nick Saban coach team. And the one thing I've learned not to do is don't doubt Nick Saban when people are picking the other team. When people have a, have, a, have a consideration for the other team, Nick Saban's like, nah, I'm good. You guys can pick him. Go ahead. I got this. Don't worry. And his teams will come out firing. I do think Alabama is going to take care of Ohio State. I think it was a weird thing where I think Clemson was the only team that could beat Alabama, just the way they were built and the X factors they have. But at the same time, that like we saw there, maybe Clemson can't beat Ohio State. They struggled. They did beat Notre Dame the second time, the first time they were hindered. But like basically Clemson was built to beat Alabama, but there's a lot of other teams built to beat Clemson. It was just like a weird circle, more or less. And, and I don't think knows? anyone else is handling Bama. Well, and, and you know, Trey Sermon isn't a guy to be slept on, after, especially after what the performance he just put on. A couple of performances. I mean, he yeah. saved them against Northwestern. He, they were losing that game until Trey Sermon just strapped the team on his back and broke his leg like Greg Jennings and carried him. Yeah, I mean, I'll say this. If Trey Sermon can get going and, and it allows Justin Fields some time, then we can see a game. But if, if Alabama is able to take away one of the two weapons, whether it's Justin Fields or Trey Sermon, this game's all Alabama. I mean, there's it's it's going to be hard to pick against them because their offense has so many different ways to beat you. 
their defense just has to take away one of the weapons from Ohio State. Well, that's pretty much what we look forward to seeing too is how this game of chess plays out. And does Ryan Day does he get his guys motivated for this this matchup? I think he was hoping to see Clemson in the natty. I think that would have yeah. made it that would have been like the oh so sweet party is hoping for. Yeah, that, I think I think if, if Clemson if this is let's say this matchup happened in the semifinals and Clemson's the the golden egg on the on the pedestal, if you will, to get to the championship, let's say they had matched up against Notre Dame somehow. I think I think we see Ohio State come out and actually I think we could see Ohio State beat Bama if it were a semifinal game to get to Clemson. But I if think were, yeah. I think this is this is just I think they blew their lot too early. We'll we'll see how it plays out. But now to the professional ranks where what a busy week. So many playoff spots on the line. Five AFC teams battling for three spots or, or four spots. The NFC you had three teams battling for two spots. And then the NFC East completely on the line until well, the third, late fourth quarter when Jalen Hurts got benched. Where do you want to start with this one? Do you want to start in that death hole, or do you want to go somewhere else? I'll let you pick where I, we. I go. don't. I don't know, man. I, I don't know if I want to start there because I don't know if I can stop myself when we start there. That's a fair point. So I guess we'll just take a look at the teams that got in there. Obviously, for the AFC, Kansas City was in there. Buffalo secured their second seed. The Steelers secured the third seed, even by losing. Even though Mason Rudolph almost led that comeback, I mean, you lost by a failed two point conversion. Really, I mean, yeah. and, and Buffalo also that. put put the hurt on Miami with. Oh, we're getting there. I'm working my way down. Team. I was going to say with their second team, mostly. Yep, I'm, I'm working my way down there. But <laughs> Tennessee escapes Houston because safeties don't know how to stay back. Like, I don't understand what you're thinking with 10 seconds left, but that's another <laughs> issue. Of course, the Ravens, with all their struggles, they get the help they need and get into the fifth seed, the dangerous team there. Sixth seed, the Browns beat the Steelers and the drought. They have plenty of issues. We'll get into it in a minute. And then the Colts sneaking in the 17th, seventh seed because of what you said, Miami's first team getting absolutely floundered by the Buffalo's second, first, second, third practice Whatever, squad. Isaiah McKenzie just single handedly. So, yeah. so that's how the AFC picture got set. We'll get to the NFC in a second. We'll start here. And what do you think about this? What what sticks out in your mind now that we look at this playoff bracket, now that we got the matchup set? And before you get into that, I will we'll do the matchups real quick. So that means Buffalo plays Indy, Steelers play the Browns again. And the Titans play the Ravens. What sticks out to you? What do you see going forward? Look, this Bills Colts game. I know this one for you is 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 a little personal, but I I as much as we saw the Colts struggle, I think this team is set up in a good place to possibly upset the Bills. I I don't know why. I like there's there's I have reasons in my head, and the reasons <laughs> really come down to Justin Houston is a animal when he wants to be. When he has one game to put it all on the line, he'll go out there and he will do something and he will kill himself, literally kill himself to put to to get to make a play. DeForest Buckner, if he plays, if he's healthy, I do think he will be. He's a Super Bowl he's a Super Bowl runner up, so he knows the pain of not making it. He's a Pro Bowl snub too. Yeah, Pro Bowl snub and on top of that. So he has he's playing with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. You know? Big ass chip. Xavier Rhodes. Had a pretty damn good season, all things considered. It wasn't great, but considering look, you, you couldn't ask for much. Year. Yeah, you couldn't ask for much considering last year it was roads open, not roads closed. This year was roads closed sometimes. There's roads construction well, at this point, honestly. Yeah, slow, slow construction ahead on these roads. This is really what it was. But, you know, he did his job, and then you look at this, the young, young pieces on this defense, I think they can match up really well with the Bills. Uh, the biggest question I have is, can you stop putting Rocky Scene on a number one player? 
please. He might not play because he's been out the last week and a half with a concussion, so you never know. I mean, they... I hate to say it, but that might be the best thing for the Colts' defense because whenever they match him up one-on-one, they seem to be like, all right, you're on an island over there. Good luck, guy. And I don't like that for him. He's still too young. He's still too raw in his abilities to be able to read a pattern and read a, read a play call. He's uh, a he guy... Does- that's unfortunate with both their corners, especially him. They were the corners you want a safety over the top when they can get physical up close. That's great. But if there's any leverage, they don't really have makeup speed. They're lengthy, but they're not the best athletes at corner. I mean, they're guys you almost want, you want in zone coverage, but you don't want, you don't want them in a deep zone, I guess, if that makes sense. Or if yeah, you do, you, you want, want them in a mid-level cover safety. three. You don't want them to be the deep, deep dropping safety. I'd actually like Xavier Rose to be the guy that drops deep on that cover three on the backside. Exactly. And if you're going to do cover three, you can't line up close and get physical. Then you got to play off, which that's kind of struggles too. Like if you're going to do man, you need the safety over the top. Look, this team, honestly, in my opinion, when I look at this defense, this team is best set as a nickel defense. Why they don't run it more often. And this, they're going to have the perfect opportunity against the bills because you look at their run game. It's really been missing this year. Devin Singletary, Zach Moss have, they've been good, but they just haven't been outstanding. They I've been asking, I've been asking for more from them since day one. I feel like this season, <laughs> I've, I keep saying it. The bills need a run game. And it's really only been Josh Allen scrambling that's been giving him a run game. And and that's very easily easily dealt with by the Colts because they have a guy by the name of Bobby Okariki who can literally keep up with all of your players on offense, including your fastest receiver. Like, the dude's fast as hell as a linebacker. But I, I oh, think – Oh, and then there's a maniac next to him too. Yeah, I wasn't going to count Darius Leonard because he's going to be too busy trying to keep up with everybody else and swatting the ball down and making tackles all across the field. Uh, He's going to be too busy spinning everywhere like a Tasmanian devil. <laughs> yeah, Darius Leonard is a freak of nature by himself, and as long as as long as long they're not asking him to make every play. If if the defensive line can step up, Kamiko Touré, you know, DeForest Buckner, Justin Houston, whoever they want to put at the other guard or tackle position, that's fine, just as long as he can actually hold the line and not get pushed back. If they can if they can keep a very stable position, possession, uh, position on the line and not get pushed back, this is a team that has a chance to upset because there's a wild card on the offense by the name of Philip freaking Rivers, who just hates losing in the wild card playoffs. I, I he is literally. I look back on his career. He's only lost one time in the wild card. Yeah, that's... I, I, I don't I, know what yeah. to do with that sad. Like I literally <laughs> was just like, I don't, Philip. What are you doing here? Like, how is this? I, I mentioned it to you the other day, jokingly. I don't honestly remember him losing in the in the playoff in the wild card round, but. He's only lost one time in the wild card round. He's he's he has a shitty record the rest of the playoffs, but in the wild card round, look, you just got to get past Buffalo, and you have a pretty good chance. I mean, I, don't get me wrong; your next step would be Kansas City, but yeah, good luck with that. You get if you want to get to the Super Bowl, you have to play the two two of the three best teams in the entire <laughs> league just to get to the AFC Championship game, where you will probably play the fourth best team in yeah, the league. Exactly. So, but the, this team is this team was has a number had a number one defense throughout what, eight weeks of this, eight weeks of the season, and they finished the top five defense? Top 10. I think they finished around eight or nine with yards, but what towards so, the top five in points. Like, And then they, they have a number three rusher in Jonathan Taylor. Like, somehow finishes number three for starting <laughs> eight games and missing two and being benched at one point. Like The, the second best, it. the third best running back in the league, the second best running back in his division. Let's, like, that can't be understated. And yeah, you have, what you have experience outside too. I think this this dude this Colts team to me is the most fascinating one when you look at a matchup. I think the Colts and Bills is just to me that's just fascinating. It's it's the one I, it's the one I have docketed as a possible upset, and well, we'll I hate it because it's the Bills. I, I love the forward, fucking Bills. We'll look forward to your pick on the NFL and Hinge show coming up as well too. Well, I won't have you spoil too much there, but 
I think if the, the one thing too you got to do, you mentioned a lot of it, is you got to keep Josh Allen from extending plays. If you take the initial read, somebody's got to get home. Someone's got to disrupt him. Justin Houston, Toure, whoever's on the edge has to keep the edge. Don't let him break the pocket. Yeah. And DeForest Buckner's got to just be, he's got to create havoc. He's got to be an absolute monster. And, and then the rest the of the top, them, keep the top on the defense. You, you can't let that. Stephon Diggs, Noah Brown, or not Noah Brown, uh, John, John Brown, take the top off your defense. And Kenny Moore, you're probably going to end up blitzing a lot. You've got to be able to tackle Josh Allen, even though he's a foot taller than you, which he has had no problem tackling. So I don't think there'll be a problem. And it's, then offense, you one of the best corners in the league, in my opinion. I agree with that. He could use in man to man. He gets, he has some moments, but overall you can't ask for much more, especially for a guy who plays so much in the slot. He does everything. Although I wouldn't be surprised. It, it's a scary thought, but he might get matched up with Stefan Diggs. So he might not be blitzing a lot. Honestly, that's probably the best thing for the Colts is to put him on Stephon Diggs a little bit more. Someone that's quicker afoot to keep no one stopping Stephon Diggs. He's the best receiver in football, not named Devontae Adams, in my opinion. So, I mean, you basically should bracket him at all times, but I digress. Anyway, and then on offense, you have, I think if you feed Jonathan Taylor and he gets going like he has the last handful of weeks, that's your key to victory. You get him going, that helps Phillips so much. The off, it helps keep the offense on schedule. And you have a backup left tackle who's been retired up until literally 76 hours ago or so yeah. at the time of this recording. Help You you just got to help him out there. Keep making things easy. Let Philip Rivers mind win you the game, not his arm, if that makes sense. Like exactly. Let him identify the defense and make the easy throws. Occasionally air it out because he's still Philip Rivers. He's got to unleash at least a couple of nukes here and there. Yeah. And, and the weirdest thing I saw is this is the third highest scoring team in Colts history compared to 2004 Colts with Peyton Manning with him breaking the initial touchdown record of 49 and 2014 Colts with Andrew Luck, when he threw 40 touchdowns in the AFC you, finals. Yeah. That's still the worst Sorry. thing. I've ever seen. I hate, Chuck, I hate those management just for that. And when you look at that, like obviously that helped when the Colts had six return touchdowns from the defense this year, that obviously helped the scoring. But when you look at them, they don't look like a high scoring team, but they can put it up in bunches in the right situation. I mean, they did, they've done it a few times. You just, they're very, they're like a shirtless J.R. Smith. When they're streaky, good luck. Like they yeah. can pour it on anybody, but they can get they can fall apart easily too. So that's an interesting one. The one I was more interested in, you kind of took over the Colts as if you're the Colts fan here. My bad. No, My bad. I do what I do. I do what I do. And I do it. It makes us know I could say we're a biased podcast. I didn't say much about them, honestly. But <laughs> the one I was more interested in looking at is how does the Browns and the Steelers game play out? They're playing for the third time, but then on top of that, you add COVID's taking over the Browns. It's ruining them after 18 years. Like who do you think you are, Rona? No say, go, go ahead and say it. Go ahead and say say say, say your part about Rona. Oh yeah, you know oh, about how the Titans have clearly weaponized COVID. I mean, <laughs> we we've gone through this on every podcast. I mean, it's pretty. Anyone who's arguing with me at this point is just based. We're not even going to get into that. I mean, you're going to hear guys, Mike Vrabel weaponizing Corona just like Bill Belichick taught him. You pretty much laid it out. I mean, I know you tried to be sarcastic, but uh, you understand how much sense you just made. Like, yeah, I know exactly. But no, I, I, I do give you credit. If the Packers it's, end up with a COVID case, I demand an apology from you. <laughs> Fair Considering enough. they played the Titans just a couple of weeks ago, it's only. But anyway, you have no Kevin Stefanski. I think you got 18 people that have had COVID in the last three weeks. Ten of them have come off, but that's still eight that are probably unavailable this week. And there's probably going to be more. Like they can't even practice this week either. And you're playing a team you're seen three times now. A team that has overall had your number. I mean, it's been the, the Steelers have beat and Ben Roethlisberger, especially have beat the piss out of the Browns for the majority of Ben's career. You did just beat them by two points with Frapro Mason Rudolph sitting at the helm, who played absolutely weird, not even good until the very end. I don't know. I'm this is I'm intrigued to see how the Browns handle this. Like, do they galvanize behind this issue and everything going against them? Because you know damn well the league's not going to reschedule a playoff game. Yeah, they've already it's, said it's not a not a not an outbreak. 
which is weird because you know damn well if Patrick Mahomes on the Chiefs had it that just Patrick, nobody else, they would reschedule that playoff game instantly and say it's an outbreak because it's just Patty. They'd yeah. be like, well, everyone was exposed. No, they weren't. They were on a bye week and he's in Cancun. Nope, delaying it. Not till Patty's ready. You know, so we'll see how the Browns. Same with Lamar, honestly. Well, we already saw that one directly. That's how I feel yeah. pretty comfortable saying it with Patty. But as anyway, I just I want to see how they handle it. Does it galvanize them? Do the Browns rally behind this? and somehow play the performance of their life and f- shut down the Steelers team that you know they hate in their in the back of their and, head, too. And don't forget, Miles Garrett is still playing. He will still go and hit a man with his helmet legally Nick, this time. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are still out there. Baker, as far as I know, is still out there. The offensive line's hurt. I mean, Joel Batonio, that poor guy, he's come so far. He deserves so much more. He deserves another goes. another round. And, and you mentioned galvanizing. You want to talk about somebody that can galvanize around? It might be Joel Batonio. He if, might be the guy they can, you know, rally around for that little bit more. And you know that, and you know the Steelers. Like I know they did just they did beat the Colts, a playoff team, a couple weeks ago, and they almost beat the Browns. But they have not been very good down the stretch. They they didn't limp to this spot, but they were dragging a little bit of ass. They definitely weren't running. They were they were like moonwalking and maybe taking a breath for here and there. Like they were struggling down the stretch overall. Yeah. They do not look like that same team that everyone thought was going to be the greatest for a team that what was eleven and zero. 11 and 0, uh, yeah. To to squeak by the Colts uh, who sneaked into the snuck into the playoffs. Um, you know, based off of penalties and and the Colts Philip Rivers just not knowing how to throw the ball correctly or and not running the running ball. The ball <laughs> just run the ball, Philip. Don't change the play to a pass. Forget just it. Give it to Jonathan Taylor every play. And uh you know, that and then also I mean last week backing in on on a on a almost win but Mason Rudolph looking terrified the whole time like he looks well, like the type um, of he looks like a frat bro president that would stand before all his brothers and be like, "Broveries before ovaries, my lads, get out there!" and then get slapped in the face. <laughs> You're not gonna be able to unsee it now. I'm telling you. So, can we get that on a t-shirt? Broveries before ovaries. I I think that that might be uh that might be might be some merch worthy of uh noise right there, man. I that's... refuse to con- I refuse to be associated with any of that. In oh, that's our that. hashtag for this episode: broveries versus uh, broveries over ovaries. All right. Well, that that's not going to be an issue for this game. We'll see if Big Ben that week off actually helps him, or maybe it throws off his rhythm. They the Steelers complained about having their bye week so early. Well, you got a second bye week for all your guys that needed it, basically. So we'll see if this works. There's no. Ex- We've already seen Steelers fans say they're the victim. Like we've had so many games affected by COVID. Oh exactly. no. Yep. And then before we do get, do get to over to the NFC, let's go ahead and take a break here. Uh, here a moment from both of our partners, Fubo TV and fanatics.com. We'll be right back. What's up everybody. It's Kelsey from the high low sports podcast. You know, if you missed the brand new news, we have partnered with fanatics.com. So if you're in market for a brand new t-shirt, brand new hoodie, brand new Jersey, no matter the team, no matter the player, no matter the sport, fanatics.com is your place to stop. Not only does this help support our podcast, but it helps support the entire Onion Sports Network. Check the link in our bio or go to onionsn.com. I'll be having DJ in the High Low Sports Podcast. See ya. What's up, everybody? It's Kelsey from the High Low Sports Podcast, and we recently partnered with Fubo TV. What is Fubo TV? Fubo TV is a service to broadcast live TV over the internet, no cable required. Watch your favorite teams, network shows, news, and movies on over 100 plus channels. You get channels like CBS, NBC, ABC, Fox. You can watch all the games. So go ahead, click that link in our bio, and get started on your seven day free trial. And stay tuned to some more great programming right here on the Unhinged Sports Network. 
and welcome back, of course, to the High Low Sports Podcast. I do love me some fanatics. I mean, we might have to grab ourselves some AFC finalist gear, depending on how the rest of these playoffs play out. Hey, I, I'll happily get some Colts gear to support that team. My, my team didn't make the playoffs. <clears throat> they almost did, though, since we're, I mean, we're talking about the NFC now, how the NFC played out. It was a little more set in stone, but there were still some spots up for the grabs at the end. Green Bay locked in the number one seed by beating the Bears. They had, good luck, everybody has to go to Lambeau. Yeah. Number two, the Saints. They Good luck, everybody else besides the Packers now has to go to New Orleans. Nope. Number three, I'm going to copy and paste. Good luck, everyone has to go to Seattle now because that's three of the best home field advantages. So good luck at the rest of the NFC. At least you don't have to deal with fans in stands in that's, Seattle. That's fair. But, I mean, they, they'll <laughs> yell from outside the stadium. They'll find a way. <laughs> sure. The NFC East, Washington got the spot, I guess. I, we'll, uh, gifted. That's a, whole, that's a whole mess. We can Anyway, we're just going to move on from that from now. And then the wild cards, we we got the Buccaneers, we got the Rams, and then the Bears backing in even after losing. So, of course, that the matchups we look at, we got five versus four, Washington, and the Buccaneers. Chase Young already opened his mouth about the GOAT, so I think oh, we God, can – So, I think we can both concede Bucks by 30 at this point. I think we can both yeah. agree on that. But those, yeah, doesn't, sorry, we're not even going to wait for the NFL show. We're just going to say now Bucks by 30. <laughs> that was – that was a, there's, there's one man – Currently in the league, you do not talk. Well, two men in this league currently, you do not talk shit about. Especially one when is, you're a rookie who has not even played a full season yet. Yeah, both are in the NFC, mind you. But one just happens to be the one seed, so Green Bay. The other one just happens to be the goat, potential goat, Tom Brady. <laughs> that, I would say you have to correct yourself on that one, huh? Yeah, I, I can't give him full goat stat. He's still playing. We talked about that one already. But yeah, no, look, I mean, you do not need to give Tom Brady bulletin board material going into a game where they're finally hitting their stride. Antonio Brown had himself a game. Mike Evans, unfortunately, his knee tweaked his knee a little bit, but he should return. It actually looks like he's doubtful for this week. It looks like they're going to. Oh, is he doubtful? Okay. It looks like he's not, which honestly, God would Antonio Brown and more of Tom Brady style receivers. I mean, Mike Evans is amazing. He's a potential, he's an all pro type receiver, but. Tom Brady's not much of a screw up Mike Evans up there type of guy. He's just kind of adjusted to doing that. Yeah. Godwin and Antonio Brown's route running the way they play. That was some of the best Tom Brady's look too. I mean, let's not forget the, uh, the kid out of UMass or whatever he's from. Oh yeah. Scotty Miller or whatever. Yeah. yeah. That he loves that guy. I said it on the NFL show. He's like, this is going to be the week. Scotty Miller goes off for a hundred and he literally hit two catches for a hundred yards. It's like, okay, well, I was kidding, but I was right. I, I don't. I mean, Tom Brady's under Rayleigh really had a really good season. Granted, he has had the best supporting cast of receivers of all time when you look at their accolades. But I mean, he's still doing it, forty-three years old, and Chase Young pissed him off. So way to go, Watch, I, Bucks by thirty, and now Alex Smith is going to get destroyed. Way to go. I, I will say I worry about this for Tristan Wirfs. Tristan Wirfs versus Chase Young is going to decide this game. I think uh, for the Bucks. And Montez Sweat and Jonathan Allen, like that full Washington front seven. Ryan Kerrigan, who's finally getting into the playoffs after his entire actually, he did go in 2015, but second yeah. time going to the playoffs, you know, he's got he's itching too. Yeah. And I just think this is one that's going to, you know, you look at that offensive line for the Bucks, they're pretty solid everywhere. But Tristan Wirfs, they kind of ride and die by his performances. If he's had a pretty poor performance, they don't win. If he's had a pretty decent performance in the game, they'll win. And he's really only had one bad performance, honestly. Like, I think yeah. that was against the Bears. He struggled a little bit. And that's yeah. just because Khalil Mack doesn't make sense. Exactly. And as long as he can keep Chase Young pretty well collared, if you will, uh, he might might actually put him in a cho- into a chokehold at one point in time in this game, which I, I will pay to see. Thank you, Tristan. Uh, you heard it here first. Please do it. Uh, but <laughs> anyways, if if it happens, look, okay, this is game. If Tristan Wirfs could just hold off Chase Young – 
for a majority of the snaps, at least get through the get to the second half before he gives up any sacks for for Chase Young. I think this team has a great opportunity to blow him out. Washington's strength is their D line. If the Buccaneers' offensive line can contain that, it's easy cooking by thirty. Plus, when you look at the other side, that Bucks defense is not a team I want to deal with either. <laughs> not especially when I'm in, in a clearly injured and clearly not as mobile Alex Smith. Like, nope, no, thank you. None yeah. of that smoke, please. And then, of course, we have the Bears taking on the Saints. This time, it's in New Orleans. The first one was close, went to overtime, if I'm not mistaken. It was Nick Foles, though, which turns out it was for worse that it was Nick Foles. Who would have thought, right? Mitch Trubisky, the better option so far from what we've seen this year. At this point, that can was we just call it the David Montgomery still- experience? Yes, but yeah, when you have that running back too, who's been an absolute horse. We talked about Jonathan Taylor. David Montgomery, the last handful of weeks, has asserted himself too. Yeah. So that's an interesting matchup. I'm still favoring the Saints personally, but I think that's a really interesting matchup, especially if the Saints defense isn't it, it doesn't always on its P's and Q's. It has its moments sometimes where it just kind of lapses for how good it really is. Hey, and then there's the Bears. Oh, go ahead. They, yeah, the Bears defense can just do whatever they want sometimes. Yeah. Uh, except for stop the run seems to be their only issue. And uh, speaking of, they get all three running backs back for New Orleans and Alvin Kamara. Is Alvin Kamara considered back yet? Uh, he is, I think they're, he comes, he is able to be playing on Sunday. Like he gets free of the COVID list on Sunday. If he doesn't pass an extra test between now and Saturday. So he has two tests he has to pass between now and Saturday. Otherwise it, the, the plan is the seven days is on Sunday. So he, yes, he's eligible for the game no matter what. As, we'll see, we'll see how that back. plays out, but like it, if Alvin Kamara's not there, it definitely gets more interesting. So there goes the safety. Yeah. Mike Thomas is coming back. A lot of things favoring the Saints in that one for sure. But give me Mitch's Christmas shoe, here. Alvin. Yeah, it's Mitch's chance here to basically be like, "Hey, please keep me. Don't send me out to the wolves. I can make this happen. Just build more around me and not this crappy offensive line, and don't make me throw fifty times a game." Look, I know we're going to talk about this one more, you know, down the road with Brennan when we when we have a, have him back on the show and and talk about Mitch and and what this he's going to the playoffs and and whatnot but uh i i will say i wouldn't be surprised if we see vintage mitch um that you know the mitch that led that team onto the cusp of a super bowl before cody parkey double doinked and i just really wanted to get the double doink in there for all the bears hmm. fans out there listening you're welcome happy birthday <laughs> you just we'll see we'll see i'm curious to see how they put this whole thing together and then of course another divisional matchup the rams and the seahawks the rams are reeling jared goff probably isn't going to play the Seahawks are hitting their stride. Their defense is clicking. The offense isn't quite as explosive, but I think it's a little more consistent right They're now. They're finally using Tyler Lockett again. Thank you. I don't know why they went for like that month stretch where they wouldn't throw in the box. They were just so obsessed with DK Metcalf, which I get it. DK is a monster. You're pretty safe to throw in the ball a lot, but Tyler Lockett is your guy. Tyler Lockett gets that offense going and opens it up for DK so much more. And I think this is the game we want to see Tyler Lockett, if Seattle's going to win, use him quick passes slot just get the ball in his hands like dk and jalen are going to match up and it's going to be a dog fight which jalen will probably get a little bit of the edge on because that's the type of player jalen is like i would be impressed if he if dk can win that matchup like like what he did with darius slay in the eagles where he dominates exactly even if yeah. he makes his place he's probably not going to dominate jalen ramsey no jalen's had an excellent season this year it's been pretty underrated i think he's top only given up 40 yards yeah i'd say i mean honestly yeah top two three I know I had him at number five in my preseason, but I think he's worked his way in the top three easily. I but I think he's only given up 40 yards to, to one receiver all season. And yeah. that's, I mean, to say to say that against some of the teams he's gone up against, you know, you consider DK twice, DeAndre Andre twice. twice. Uh, yeah, <laughs> give him credit, uh, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. And I think my it was actually Robert Woods that he gave up the 40-yard game to, and that's because, well, well Robert Woods. 
Well, they're on the same team, so it probably was. Oh, not Robert. Sorry, not Robert Woods. Um, crap, now my brain went sh- went off. Well, to just add to your list, he also went against the Buccaneers with Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, and Mike Evans. So, I mean, he's yeah. seen a plethora. plethora he, yeah, because he got matched weapons. up with Mike Evans, and it was like Mike Evans was one catch for 13 yards, I think. Yeah, like he, he's been shot down this year. He's been a top three corner in the league. Him, Xavier Howard, you can make arguments with other guys, but I think those are two of the best guys. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, despite right, my right. brain fart between the, between that, yeah, he's had a great great season against every receiver he's matched up. So we definitely got some interesting matchups going on here too. I think it's going to be a fun week. We'll save some of your the picks that we didn't already spoil today. We'll save those for the NFL and Hinge show. I mean, a couple of them. Yeah, were pretty yeah. I'm not I'm not going to give all my cookies away here. Yeah, say Bucks by thirty seemed pretty safe. I mean, that was not exactly rocket science at this point. After no, chasing no. Look, I'm trying to build Kelsey's Island right here, so you know, I still I still can't give all my cookies away. I'm not asking for your cookies, but anyway, so we'll, we could round things off. We could talk about the NFC East or we could talk awards. Your choice on this one. I don't know if you want to ream into Doug Peterson or I'll how keep it. I'll keep that. it short. I'll keep the NFC East short. All right. Look real right, quick. So let's hear what you have to say. Cause I know this is one you've been kind of itching to unload on. This is such bogus sportsmanship bullshit I've ever seen. I have no problem with the team tanking. If they do it right, there's a right way to tank and there's a wrong way to tank. I think we all can agree on that watching what the Jaguars did and watching what the Jets did, that's the right way to tank. You know, you tank by getting assets. You do not tank when you're down by three points in the fourth quarter and you're on the three-yard line and on fourth and four instead of taking – or on fourth and goal, instead of taking the points like you should, I don't care what the math fucking says, every football coach knows you take those points and you put a tie game on, on the check. And you take the points and you go forward. No, instead of doing that, you roll out your quarterback, your rookie quarterback who's only replaced your starter as of, what, three weeks ago, five weeks ago, something like that. He's been a five-week starter at the most. So you take him and you roll him out against Chase Young, Jonathan Allen, these line, these linemen we all talked about being deadly, and you roll him out of the pocket to the opposite side of the strong – you roll him to the weak side. Why would you do that? I don't care that he missed the pass. That's not on Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts got rolled out to the wrong side. That's a terrible play call. And then you pull him for Nate freaking Sudfeld, who's been on the team for freaking four years, and he hasn't even caught more than two two whiffs of the snap. Like, that's just an embarrassment. Doug Peterson doesn't deserve a job. I don't care if it's from to go from the nine pick to the six pick in the draft, that that's why you did it. That's terrible, terrible management, terrible coaching. I don't know who signed off on it. But they need to lose a job. They need to be suspended for a year. Doug Peterson needs to face suspension for a year. This is everything got shit in the face of NFL fans, NFL as a whole. The whole player, all the players on the Eagles, all the players in the NFC East, everybody just got shit on by Doug Peterson's decision and whoever signed off on it. I do wonder how many of the veteran players are going to stick around. Like we taught Jason Kelsey. There, it's been a pretty well-known video of him anti-tanking from a month ago. Zach Ertz had an emotional moment after the game with Kelsey, as well as Carson Wentz. Like, I wonder what this team's going to look like next year. Are they yeah. going to unload and try and retool in the draft? Or Miles Sanders already came out and said, we didn't like that decision at all. Point blank didn't like that decision. And the, the, Miles Sanders said that. Exactly. And there's been reports, which quote-unquote reports, take this with a grain of salt, that there were defense players that had to be restrained from going after Doug Peterson as well, too. Like, there's been a... This is going to be a way different looking team next year. We'll see. We'll see just how it all plays out in the offseason. Yeah, I still haven't seen seen anything from Darius Slay, but I do think Darius Slay is one that I'm will, really intrigued on hearing from because we know he is not 
one of those guys that reserves his words. He is he's dealt with a shitty coach before, Matt Patricia, and he didn't hold back. So we'll see how yeah. he feels about this situation. So I'm, 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 interested, I'm still interested to see Darius Slay's take on this for sure. And we have a little bit of time left. So if we want, we could do a real quick. We're going to talk about we did our we did our awards already. So let's just quickly talk about how do you think about your award predictions? Who do you have as a we'll go over MVP, defense player of the year, and coach of the year? We'll keep it short and simple. Let's hear yours first, Kelsey. Yeah, I mean, I still stick with Patty as my MVP. Um, I, I know I changed it to to him in the midseason awards, and I I feel comfortable with that. Um, I, I look, you, you don't just send your team on a one loss victory parade through the NFL uh, and call yourself bored halfway through the <laughs> through 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 the victory parade and lead your team to a number one overall draft, a uh, number one overall choice or pit position in the playoffs. Number one seed. Thank you. My brain just shut off, but I'm still on the NFC East things half, for half of my brain. Get your mind out of that gutter. <laughs> but but no, I still stick with Patty for that. I, I do think he has a great opportunity. Um, I, I will say, though, sneaking up on him is Aaron Rodgers. I do think Aaron Rodgers has a very good case. As much crap as I talk about Aaron Rodgers being like Jay Cutler mentality-wise, on the on the field, his his talent is undeniable. Um, so I, 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 you know, I do think it's going to be Patty or it's going to be Aaron Rodgers is my only – those are my thoughts on that. Okay, so that's so you got Patty's MVP. How about defensive player of the year? Defensive player of the year is a tough one, but I do think uh, Xavier Howard might have played himself into that role with a, with his just his defensive positioning. I know that's changed from I think all my other picks <laughs> completely, uh, but just what he's done this season is is fantastic. Uh, but don't be surprised if maybe somebody like Jalen Ramsey sneaks into that defensive player of the year position. Somebody who people have been waiting on to kind of take that step from just trash talking good guy to. Well, he's actually a fantastic fucking defender, you know. Um, but yeah, he's my—he uh, might be my dark horse defense player here, but I think my actual pick, Xavier Howard, still stands. Um, which I like lead, that one. Coach of the year, um, I'm still sticking with Brian Flores. Uh, dude, dude, yeah, you lost your final game. You're, you went ten and five with a, or ten and six with a quarterback who is not quite ready, a bunch of injured weapons, and you were like at this time last year, you were absolutely abysmal, giving up seventy points in two weeks. Exactly, and on top of that, he did time last year at the start of last year. So he did like, it. He did it while rotating Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tua at the perfect times. Like we all talk about, Fitzmagic is so good for only so long, and he picked the perfect moments to get that Fitzmagic out of him. And and Tua, you know, managing the game the way he did, and he's getting hundred yard rushes out of Ahmed and and uh, Gaskin, and and it's, it's it looked fantastic. So I mean, look, I'm ready to see what they can do next year with a top three draft pick. I will say Miles Gaskin getting that steal, the kid out of Washington, that was a hell of a find for them too. He has been an absolute game breaker for him. He's been very Matt Forte-esque for them. Obviously, I'm not saying he's Matt Forte, but they have a similar type of skill set. Exactly. He's been a steal for him. I think he, him moving forward with Tua and that top three pick they now have, which they should take Devontae Smith if he is right there. I don't. There is no reason fits Tua's skill set perfectly. Exactly. A guy who explodes off the line and gets wide open, not a not a throw him open, a guy who's wide open. Yeah. With Devontae Parker and Jakeem Grant and Gesicki, they're, this, this team is set up for a long-term success, and I think you pretty much almost hit it right on the head in the preseason. I think you were one year early for right on the head. Yeah, I think I, you, I, think, I think predicting them to take the division was a little too much. but I think the 12-4 and four and going on basically an absolute run was a little early, I think, next yeah. year. that But you did have them turning it around sharply. Like, that was a good pick. Yeah, I, 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 I honestly don't know what I saw. You did. 
I, I don't know what I saw, but there was something in, in just the way I, I trust Brian Flores that there, I liked it. Um, and I had a similar feeling, but it's not to the same extent as you did. I figured there'd be yeah. a few more bumps, but that was a pretty, that was a pretty solid turnaround. So can't go wrong with that. I mean, Best Brian pick of my life, and, and if I'm being honest. <laughs> <laughs> don't, and don't let anyone take it away from you. Uh, but the only other thing I think offensive player of the year, I think they give it to Derrick Henry. That's the only, that'd be my choice for offensive player of the year because, well, yeah, I think that's obvious. <laughs> okay. So if, I'll just go through mine really quickly while we have a little bit of time left. I'm, st- I'm giving it to Aaron Rodgers, 48 passing touchdowns, less than 10 interceptions, 4,000 plus yards, 70 something percent completion, best top three quarterback rating all time, which I think all three of them are Aaron Rodgers, of course. So I think yeah, that- yeah he, is, he owns like, I think six of the top 10. He's like what Drew Brees has done with passing yards. He's completely monopolized that part of the record book, basically. He's best quarterback season we've seen in years, probably Absolutely. since Peyton Manning broke Since his last MVP season. I'd even give it to Peyton Manning when he broke the record in 2014. 20- 13 whatever it was but oh yeah. yeah fair enough i guess that's in between yeah anyway but whatever you he's been a bad man as everyone likes to say <laughs> i think has. i think patty's right in there josh allen i think squeaked up to that number two spot with that i think that last performance against miami put him over the edge 45 touchdowns on the season what be just 4500 yards ridiculous then you go then patty russell derrick henry interchangeable at that point yeah defensive player of the year i love the Xavier hour pick 10 interceptions he's amazing I'm going to go TJ Watt, the sack leader, force fumble leader, tackle for the loss machine. If you don't double team him, he's a pain in the ass. I just, he's been consistent throughout the year and I'm going to give it to him, but I love the Xavier Howard pick. You can't go wrong with that. For someone who picked I, I Trey think, White in the preseason, because I thought Trey White would do a similar thing just with getting random takeaways, it adds up for me. So yeah. I think you picked TJ Watt as your dark horse too around the midseason or even the preseason, if I'm not mistaken. So midseason, you know. I went Miles Garrett, but did mention TJ Watt as a dark horse. And I did talk a little TJ Watt in our preseason yeah. once too, but. Pretty fitting yeah. that, you know, it is, it, 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 it did, did stay in the division and, and stuck with TJ Watt. So I don't blame you at all for that pick. That's good. And pick. St- speaking of dark horses and previous predictions, I'm sticking with Kits to Kevin Stefanski as the coach of the year. Everything you said with Brian Flores, the only difference is he got in the playoffs with the one extra win. Yeah. You did it while battling COVID and you're still battling it. You did it with a team that Freddie Kitchens tried to run into the ground. You managed it with Odell and everyone thinks Odell's a diva. You were winning with him. He goes down, you're winning without him. Like you, You've beaten every – you've only lost to the Ravens and the Steelers, really. And then yeah. Ra- the Raiders and when I scored that touchdown to basically seal it at the end of the game when Derek Carr threw me the ball. Yeah. That was yeah, about all. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I'm going to give it to Stefanski. Obviously, Brian Flores is a great choice. You can't go wrong either way with either one of those. Oh, yeah. Offensive player of the year, I like your Derek Henry one. I want to say Devontae Adams because I think he's earned it, but I don't think they'll give it to two Packers for two such highly prestigious awards. So I'm going to go a little bit out on a limb, and I'm going to say Stephon Diggs. He okay. led the leading receiver, receiving yards up there in touchdowns. I think he's, in my opinion, he's the second best receiver in football this year. I give it to Devontae still because of the touchdowns. Yeah. But, and then we're in agreement. Comeback player of the year, Alex Smith, probably. I mean, I think we could both pretty much. I, yeah. At this point in time, if you, if you don't pick Alex Smith and, and what he's done, uh, we're, you know, you're, I don't know, you're, you're blind. But that does it for us today on this topic, these topics, guys. Uh, DJ, do you have any final say? Tune in to NFL and Hinge. We'll hear some predictions. And you know how it is. Follow the network. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. We have our new website now. You can take a look at that. See some of our link trees. And, of course, always visit Fanatics. at this. T- it's award season. It's playoff season. It's merchandise season. Get your Amen. team's merchandise, especially division champs, division playoff wins, conference finalists, whatever you want to do, it's out there. Fanatics is the place to get all your good hookups. Exactly. And both those links in our bio are, are in our bio. 
Um, you know, if you just click on the Fanatics link, it literally takes you to the championship page for NCAA and then also for division winners and things like that. So, you know, it, look, you, you have all this merchandise to pick up. Why not get, get something? It helps us all out. It helps the Hilo Sports Podcast out, me and DJ. It also helps the network out, and that's really the goal. We want to build this network bigger and better in 2021, and we need that. We need, In order to do that, we need your guys' help. So, you know, we appreciate everybody listening in, and until next week, guys, see ya. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Hold up. Just got a new sale. Order fulfilled and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Uh, You can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors.